Welcome to the Salt and Carmel podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This is a podcast where the Lord gets to speak his story through everyday parishioners like yourselves. My name's David Cook. I'm the stewardship director here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And with me is my dynamic co-host, Jody Curtis. Jody, who's our guest today? Our guest today is Meredith Mars, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. So thanks for joining us, Meredith. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and some of the activities you've been involved in in the parish? Well, sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. Um, I'm originally from Bennington, Kansas, which is a small town of about 600 people in north central Kansas. And I was raised as a Methodist um, there in Bennington, and my folks uh, still attend the Methodist church to this day and pretty much still volunteer weekly. So I was lucky enough to grow up in a faith-filled home. I've been uh, married to my wife, Cherry, uh, almost 34 years now. And ironically, she's from an even smaller town in Kansas than me, a town of about 250 people, a uh, dynamic small German Catholic town of Tipton, Kansas, also in north central Kansas. Uh, We've been blessed with two children, Clayton, who is 27, lives up in Chicago, and our daughter, Mallory, who's 24 and lives here in Indianapolis. I uh, joined the Catholic Church in uh, Easter of 1994 when we lived in Dallas-Fort Worth in the uh, suburb of Louisville, Texas at St. Philip the Apostle Church. And uh, that was shortly after the birth of our son, Clayton, as I wanted to raise our family in a unified uh, faith home. And then in uh, 1996, Mallory came along, and in 1997, we accepted a transfer here to um, Indianapolis with RCA, and we started attending RCA, or excuse me, started attending OLMC uh, that March, and we've been parishioners coming up 24 years now. And um, I've been involved in the usher ministry at Our Lady Mount Carmel when the kids were younger. I uh, uh, helped coach. I never was a head coach, but... um, you know, was definitely volunteered helping coach. And then I've been involved uh, with the Merciful Help Center and the furniture delivery and the food ministry there. And then finally, uh, with the Trinity Free Clinic, their 5K race, I've been involved in that from its inception. I actually was a runner the first year. I opened my mouth, said I would, you know, like to help. And next thing I knew, I was a race director for the next 11 years, but have been involved with the race since its inception. So, it was one of the beauties about Our Lady gives you so many opportunities to do things. Yeah. It sounds like you're taking advantage of all those opportunities. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. All right. Well, that is awesome. I'm excited to see where this interview goes because it's pretty expansive already just on the intro. (laughs) Uh, But Meredith, what was your life like before you had a true relationship with Jesus? You mentioned you had a a faith-filled family, but before you yourself intimately knew Jesus, had a relationship with him? You know, I I really don't remember a time that I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus growing up. Um, Like I said, I grew up in a faith-filled home. We went to church every Sunday, uh, Sunday school every week, vacation Bible school. As a teen, uh, I went to our youth group, which I think we called Teen Talk back there. And it was a really, it was a really neat experience because, um, again, a small town. We had a Presbyterian church as well as a Methodist church, and both of the churches were so small that we're struggling really to support to stay open. So during my, um, I'm going to say, between uh, 16 or 17 years old, the two churches joined together, and we worshipped as one church. We had a dynamic young pastor, Sam Leonard, and we went as far as really going to the Methodist church and the Presbyterian church 
and actually joining as one where we're both Methodist and Presbyterian. So it was really cool to see two different congregations come together. And uh, so that was really a pretty, pretty cool part of my life uh, growing up in the church. But, you know, after college, when I, when I went to college and the first few years of my marriage, I had a relationship with Christ, but it was one of those, the footsteps in the sand, there were only two sets of footsteps and mine weren't there. So I really kind of drifted away from attending church weekly and, um, you know, never, never doubted my relationship with Christ or doubted Christ, but I just really didn't walk with Christ. And then when I started dating my wife and we dated uh, four years before we got married, one thing about her, she was always faithful to going to mass, regardless of where we were or whatever. She never missed mass. And I always admired that about her and it really kind of stirred me to want to start attending church again. Hmm. And so was that sort of a concrete moment for you that led you to joining the church and saying yes to Jesus or, or were there later moments for you? You know, probably probably more so um, a later moment was the birth of our son, uh, Clayton. And I really wanted to, you know, I wanted to raise my family in a church in a church home. And, um, you know, it wasn't fair to ask her to even think about becoming a Baptist as I wasn't going to church myself. Not a very good example. So literally one one August, I said, you know, I'm going to go to mass with you today. And after I picked her up off the floor and we went. I started, I started RCIA that next September, and um, RCIA at St. Philip was just a dynamic experience. We had a Deacon Ray Lamar five-foot-six bundle of spirituality, just the greatest, one of the greatest guys I've ever met in my life. And we, um, at, our, at uh, St. Philip, it was a Saturday night process, so we would go to Mass at 5.30, we would leave the 5.30 Mass, have a breaking open of the word, and then we would be there until nine o'clock every Saturday night. So yeah. it was just a great formation experience. And um, really one of the, that was probably one of the best times of my life to say yes to Jesus. And then probably following that would have been my chirp team, uh, chirp team 44 at Our Lady. Yeah. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit more about your chirp team? Um, you know, I think I think we had one of the greatest chirp teams ever because we say uh, I like to say we produced a priest. I don't know if we can take credit for that. But uh, Father Jeff Martin was one of my chirp brothers. Oh, nice. And at that point, he was just Jeff, a sales guy and uh, turned out to, um, you know, he joined the priesthood. And uh, my wife and I were honored to help put on his uh, first uh, dinner there at the church and everything. But, uh, you know, when I look back, I just had some great faith models, you know, not just the guys on 44, but 43 that put it on for us and those that we put it on for 45. And I still stay in touch with a lot of them. And, uh, you know, that's would be my advice to someone is, you know, go through, I think it's called welcome weekend now, but take advantage of uh, another gift that our lady offers. us. Yeah, nice. Nice. And Meredith, what is your life like in Christ now? Um, you know, I'd like to say it's uh, perfect, but it's not. You know, just a life in Christ doesn't guarantee everything's going to be um, easy. And I think we've all experienced that here in 2020. But I guess what I'd like to say is right now it's not near as stressful. I think I handle things better and there's always someone to turn to. And there's always a promise at the end where I think before Christ that there wasn't there or maybe people living without Christ, they don't always have that greater power or the promise of the end. Wow. So like you said, you can, you can kind of handle stressful situations a little bit better. Can you tell us about a time where you felt peace in Christ during a stressful situation? Um, 
Yeah, what comes comes to mind in March of 2018, I'd been traveling a lot on business and I had a pain in my leg, didn't think much of it. And I actually uh, was walking to a meeting in Florida with my boss and I joked with him and and said, you know, I'm getting old. I pulled a I pulled a calf muscle in my sleep. I'm a runner and it felt exactly like a calf injury hmm. and didn't think much of it. Went ahead and had a lot of meetings that week. And the following week, I even traveled as well. But the week after that, I was going to be here in Indianapolis for the week. So I thought I'd get in and see my uh, physician and get it checked out. Well, that Saturday morning, I was uh, after I was getting dressed, I bent to put my bent over to put my shoes on. And my heart rate and my respirations just went through the roof. And I thought, you know, this this isn't right. So my daughter was home, but I didn't want to wake her. She was home from college. And I grabbed my phone and went downstairs on the front porch. And after the male stubbornness, you know, I finally fought that and called 911. And and uh, bottom line is I ended up, I had a blood clot in the heart and both lungs. And I, I they transported me. They I'd never been in the hospital 59 years, never been in the hospital, never been in an ambulance. And they said, you know, where do you want to go? And I said, well, I'm Catholic. Let's go to St. Vincent's. And and by that point, they're putting the leads on me. And they said, I think we're going to the heart hospital. So the bottom line is, once I got there, and I had an incredible sense of peace that I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be, but I was really comfortable with it. And I don't think I would have had that um, that feeling if I, if I hadn't had a relationship with Christ at that point. Wow. So you're, you're saying you're, you're ready for death at that moment is what you're saying. Well, you know, honestly, it did cross my mind and, and I, I had been to confession, confession the week before by the grace of God. So uh, maybe <laughs> I was ready, but I'm, I'm glad I'm here though. So. Oh, so are we. So are we. <laughs> yeah. And Meredith, you, you mentioned that you recommended all parishioners that our lady uh, go through the welcome weekend. Do you have other advice for newcomers at our lady? You know, I would, I would say, you know, kind of like, don't be intimidated by the size of the parish. I mean, I remember the first, our first Sunday there, um, we were, we, we felt like, you know, we'll never meet anyone here. We won't know anyone here. But, you know, it's a gigantic parish. It's a gigantic small parish. And so I, I would really say is get involved with something. And what I like now in the next to the back of the bulletin, and I think, David, your number is the contact number, is to, to find a ministry and reach out and, and try something. And, you know, they say, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So, you know, make a phone call. Uh, and just find something to, to do. And the other thing is, I would say one of the greatest gifts we have at Our Lady is our Adoration Chapel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, drop in there and more importantly, sign up for an hour. And it just really can be life changing that hour in the Adoration Chapel. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, let's just keep the advice kit going. Do you have any new advice you'd give the new Catholics? Um, People deciding to be Catholic? How You just start evangelizing everybody right now. Well, you know, take the first take the first step. I'll I'll be the first to admit. Um, I think we were married seven years before I joined the, even started RCIA. So take that first step. I was um, a tad bit stubborn. I guess that's uh, putting it mildly. I was very stubborn about it. And you know, read up, study, ask someone about it. Make make that first step. And then the other thing I would say is I remember when I joined the church. And the first time I went to mass, I'm thinking, you know, why are they doing this? I don't know this. And it was like, I didn't know everything. And I thought I should. And 
you got to understand conversion. It's not like Saturday night you become Catholic and next Sunday morning you know everything. That's not the case. I mean, the conversion is a lifelong process, and I'm still still learning. So yeah, true. Me too. Me too. Meredith, who is your biggest faith influencer? Um, you know, I'd have to say, you know, my folks for the the faith model that they gave me, and and to this day they still, you know. Um, go to church, you know, they're both 86 years old. And before COVID-19, I don't think they ever missed a Sunday, you know, and uh, so it would be my folks, uh, definitely my wife, who is, again, I told you a, a very devout Catholic and has been a model of faith for me, as well as her family. Um, she's got a very large family. I have one sister, she has five brothers and sisters. So it's a great faith-filled family, all of them that attend the church. And then finally, you know, there's a lot of people that are faith models to me that they don't know it. I mean, any given mass at Our Lady, I can look at anywhere from two to a dozen people that that are really models of faith to me. And that's one of the blessings that we have at Our Lady. It's like they, so many people are on the path to sainthood that they can be role models to other others and they don't even know it. So I think that's one of the great blessings we have at Our Lady. True. Have you ever thought about telling any of them that they're great role models? You know, there, there's a couple. There's a couple that I have without mentioning names, but uh, yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's a good way to do it. But I really hadn't thought about that. So. I bet I bet that just made their day. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, the past couple of years, our our slogan at Our Lady has been grateful no matter what. Meredith, do you have anything that you're grateful for no matter what happens? You know, again, I'd, I'd have to be my, uh, I'd have to say my family and my friends. I've um, been lucky enough to been married, be married almost uh, 34 years. My folks are still living. My, um, I lost my father-in-law a few years ago, but my mother-in-law is still living and, and my wife's extended family. And then, you know, the friends, I'm still really lucky. I grew up with, uh, grew up in that small town in Kansas and there's four of us that went to grade school, high school, college together, and we still stay in touch and pretty much talk weekly. So uh, I'm really grateful for uh, my background and my friends and family. Nice. And, uh, nice. and Meredith, you know, part of this podcast is about uh, keeping people salty in their faith. What are you what do you do to stay salty in your faith? Well, I um, I try I try to um, in addition to my prayer life, I try to um and I'm trying to get better on this. I say the rosary daily. And then also um, I subscribe to uh, give us this day to where I read the daily, the daily readings every day. Again, I, I try to, I'm not perfect with it. Um, in addition to that, I, um, I attend Timmy, this man is you Monday mornings. And again, to me, that's kind of another well-kept secret of our lady. There's only about 20 of us or so that join or that attend weekly. It's a six 30 on Monday morning. And I know it's tougher for the younger guys with kids, but it's just a um, out, you know, it's just an absolutely great way to start your week, even though it's a bit early. And then finally, like I mentioned, uh, the adoration chapel is the, the probably the outside of mass is the best part of the week. We've uh, had an adoration hour, uh, the 15 years or however many years the chapel's been open. And ours is 6 to 7 p.m. on Sunday evenings. And, uh, you know, I've missed my fair share of the end of Colts games or the Masters or my Jayhawks. And and I'd be lying if I said I hadn't checked my phone more than once to see what the <laughs> score was. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just a great hour. And I just encourage everyone in the parish to uh, adopt an hour and take it. Nice. And Meredith, what, what's the daily subscription you get? Again, 
it is give us this day. It has the more it has the readings of the mass. It has a morning section, uh, morning prayers, evening prayers, the mass, as well as like saint of the day and some reflections. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. You're just a wealth of knowledge, Meredith. Thank you for being on. <laughs> I think you give us a very tangible call to action. And I, if you're okay, maybe it's not as tangible being our COVID times, but I was going to say to go to the Adoration Chapel just for 15 minutes this week. If you, after those 15 minutes, God asks the Lord if he's calling you to sign up for an hour. If he's calling you to sign up for an hour, let me know. I can give you that information or you can find it on our website. We would love more adorers. And if you can't go to the Adoration Chapel, just find a quiet spot in your house. Find a quiet spot outside on a walk, maybe, and just try to really dedicate that time to the Lord and asking him what he wants you to do to grow in relationship with him. Yeah, that's a good call to action. All right, let's see. Meredith, do you want to end us with a prayer? Um, <laughs> Put you on the spot. I can. I'm the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time together to spread your word, to evangelize. We thank you for the many gifts you've given us, especially the gift of each other and the gift of our parish and our priests and our sisters. In the spirit of gratitude and this time of Thanksgiving, this time of year, please help us to always be thankful for everything that you've given us, everything that you've taken away, and everything that we have left. And we pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.